This episode of Inspire Living by Rodney and Steve is brought to you by Metafitix Pilates Bootcamp. Metafitix is a bootcamp class that is a combination of Pilates and your traditional HIIT training. So we've got your interval training on one side where we're getting that heart rate up, burning those calories, feeling amazing. And on the other side, we work on that core strengthening, the lengthening, the toning, the toning of the muscles that Pilates does for the body and that overall body awareness. So you just walk away with a complete workout, feeling amazing in the process, not only getting that heart rate up, but taking care of yourself, not beating yourself up, and really working hard with the Pilates as well. Still feeling the burn, but really working it in a way that you're going to be super successful, not only in your workouts, but in your everyday life, because it's going to teach you that posture, how to sit upright, and just automatically you're going to feel a difference in your body by doing our Metafitics Pilates Boot Camp. Anybody can do this class. Each day is a different day, a different workout. You can come in, doesn't matter what you've worked out your whole life if you've never worked out before. You just do what you can. You come in and you're going to get an amazing workout. No matter where you're at in any fitness level, you will feel it. You will burn those calories and you will have an amazing time and a fun time doing it. For right now, anybody, any of our podcast listeners here, if you are listening to this podcast now and you'd like to come in and try our classes out, our first class is always free. Also, you let me know, you email me or call and let us know, hey, I've, I, I got this from your podcast and I will give you 10% off first month membership. So your first month, 10% off, doesn't matter what membership you choose, I'll give you 10% off that first month. All right, please let us know. Our phone number is 585-425-1113. That is 585-425-1113. It can be reached at steve at meta-fitx.com and let us know and we'll get you set up for your membership. All right, you guys, thanks a lot. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our episode here of Inspired Living by Rodney and Steve. Today, our guest is Paul Schramm. And he is a practicing Chinese martial artist for over 20 years. He's practiced white crane kung fu, Shaolin kung fu for five years, and one year of Tai Chi. He's now practicing northern Shaolin eagle claw for 17 years. He's, he's learned acupuncture anatomy and joint manipulation, reflexology. He's gone through the gamut. It seems like he has, he's certified level one and two Reiki therapy. We're going to have a lot to talk about in this one. That's awesome. He's in, been initiating to... Kriya Yoga for five, year, five years ago, certified in eight brocades, nice, and seven internal Qigongs, working as a behavior intervention specialist at RCSD since 2016. He's teaching Qigong and meditation and is operating Cloud Mountain Qigong since 2015. He also teaches privately in the area. Wow, that's a pretty impressive resume there. We have a lot of things in common, of course. Um, I think the first question most time we always ask people is like, how did you, what's your journey? Like, how did you start on this whole, you know, spiritual path of Kung Fu, martial arts, Qigong and all that stuff? Um, I think like everyone did in Rochester anyways, at Jennings Karate Academy when I was like 10. Oh yeah. And then uh, continued on into high school with wrestling and found my first Sifu when I was 22 years old. Oh yeah, in Rochester? In Rochester. Oh yeah, where was that? Um, we trained at Boxart Street off of Lake Avenue, which is okay. a warehouse area. Okay. Um, and over at the Hungerford Building for a number of years. Okay. And uh, it was all very underground, it was all underground 
martial arts. That's how the real shit is, man. That is. That's it's like that. That when you're when you're underground, you know, <laughs> you know you're in you're in you're in for something that's going to be brutal, but life changing as well. It was. You um, know. I've always been a spiritual human being, mm-hmm. but my real spiritual journey didn't start till uh, I had a severe back injury. Okay. So I was on my back for like two months and I went from one day being able to do a full split to not even being able to get out of bed. Wow. So I had to figure out how to heal my body. Right. So I had to go back into my training and kind of pick it all out. And I used chiropractic, uh, massage, and began to see this Reiki practitioner and uh, gave it a chance because at right. first I didn't know anything about it. Right. And um, that's where my real healing began. She opened up uh, a lot of me. Cool. Can you describe to everybody what Reiki is exactly? Because it's so, it's a, I, I mean, I'm, I'm certified as well in Reiki 1 and 2. And when everybody asks me, I'm, I have a hard time really. It's hard to define what that is. To my understanding, it, um, Reiki is a, you are a, you are a channel for healing energy. Right. It's your job to only be the channel. Right. Uh, the healing energy does, has its own intelligence and goes where it needs to go. Right. But it takes a little while to kind of like, to really A, believe that, I right. think. A healthy dose of skepticism, right? And um, to get used to that as a practitioner, because you want to be able to help them, but right? Do you do you think like part of the Reiki, like like the skepticism, that's like a clog or chakra, to a degree? Like, you know, like I don't believe it. So there could be something within like your ability, what your third eye chakra, you know, to actually like surrender into that. Uh, I don't know. It just came to me. After. Was, I think. I think. Idea. I think it's definitely true. If you're, um, if you're, uh, not doing it at all. Like, like in other words, if you're just like, fuck this shit. I'm not doing it whatsoever. But I feel like it's like you. I think healthy skepticism is probably good. Because I mean, when I went into it, I had already done like Kundalini yoga, a lot of yoga, and um, you know worked out and done a bunch of meditation before I did the Reiki stuff. So to me, it was like, I was slightly skeptical, but I was just like, ready to go. My, I, my skepticism always comes in, uh, in who is who I'm learning from. Like I'm always, I, I want to learn from the best of the best, you know? So when I was, I, I got most of my training, I was lucky enough to get most of my training in New York where I feel like it's a little bit more accessible to find some of the best of the best, you know? Um, and you got to weed through a lot of stuff. So my skepticism is, is like, because sometimes you get the in this field, in this spiritual field, and this is why I get such a bad rap. You got so many freaking loonies, you know. You got so many yeah. like people that are some people that are really, 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 really on that spiritual end that are amazing. But because there's so much on that spiritual end, there's no, there's so there's a disconnect to reach anybody who's not at least halfway or more to that point, you know? It's so then like the they turn on trend yeah. of spirituality. Like right. I just post some pictures of crystals and like I'm a healer now. Right. Or something. And so that's, I mean, that's where yeah. I think the skepticism comes hugely. You know, I, I, I mean, I trained in, um, under, uh, Sifu Yang Ming, Yang Ming, um, in New York, who was Shaolin Kung Fu direct from the Shaolin temple Kung Fu for, that was my first, it was two year train. I was there for two years. And then, 
moved on. But I, I he, this guy's legit. I mean, this guy's insane. Like um, Riza is his is uh, that's Riza's uh, seafood and stuff like that. You know, and but I just his what his seafood. That's what does that mean? Means ma- means master teacher. Okay. Yeah. Actually translates father. Is it just translates father. Okay. Say it again. Yeah. Sifu or Sifu or Shifu, depending Sifu. on who you're. What is it? Sifu is Mandarin, and then Shifu is is uh, Cantonese. Maybe I don't. I don't it's remember. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Okay. So I know there's a there's a difference there, but I just had like this. For me, I had this. I just didn't. There was something about it that was bothering me, so I, I left. You know about about him and about it. Just it wasn't a warm. You had to really break through the barrier of of um, being accepted by people. And I didn't like that. I, I felt like, you know, when you're, when you come into, I feel like when you come into an environment like that, yes, you're not going to be giving, be given rights to see all the, all the um, stuff that you could do damage with, with somebody or to, with yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. But you, you want to be re- received and, you know, with open arms. Yeah, and you want like them to that. talk to you. And then it was it wasn't, <laughs> it just wasn't the yeah, case, yeah. you know. So anyways, but that, that's... I'm rambling on about that, you know, basically, I, I think the reason why I'm going down this path right now for everybody is if, is we, if you get a bad vibe from one person or one thing, don't, don't try not to put that in as, okay, well, Reiki's, Reiki's crap then, Reiki's not anything at all, and just know that it is something, you just have to find the right person, you know, the right, the right path, the right direction to, to go in, you know, and, and not everybody's for everybody either, you know, one teacher might not be, is great for me, but might not be great for Rodney or something too, so. It's yeah. also how big the bowl is, right? Right. So if, if you're coming to the table with a teacup, and I come to the table with a salad bowl, mm-hmm. I'm going to receive. Absolutely. Yeah, being able to receive more. And I think so that's, a, that's a great analogy. Great having those having other having an internal practice no matter what it is because you have a lot of people out there that are healers that have absolutely horrible diets Mm -hmm. that do absolutely nothing outside of that right they don't meditate they don't practice any type of moving yoga sitting yoga martial arts or anything and they have like 200 clients yeah. That's and funny. Yeah. They're not doing anything for these people. Right. It's crazy. So, my Reiki teacher, uh, her name was Grace, uh, very Italian American. Okay, like you grew up around here, so you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Right out of Greece, New York. So, <laughs> I didn't think A, that she was that powerful, and B, I wanted to see what she could really do. So at that time, I could already move my chi. So I would just move my chi to different parts of my body. And she was chasing it around. And um, then she pointed out my, my back injury. I didn't tell her where it was. She went right to it. Nice. So I knew she was legit. Right. And... Um, bumps. Yeah. I continued on with her and knew that I needed to be a part of this, that this was something that I could help other people with because through my training I had learned 
like my Sifu, he's a bone setter. He don't like, and if he massages you, it's not comfortable. Right. It's not, you're not getting a spa massage, you know? Mm-hmm. He's jamming a point and releasing a point and then slaps you and you're on your way, right? So I, through my own injuries, setting my own bones and stuff like that, I learned to set bones and do massage and all this other stuff. And with my back injury, I run into guys at work because I'm still doing construction and I'm like a unicorn in my industry, you know? Right. Like dudes, you know, like dudes on construction sites aren't having conversations like this, you know? So, yeah. but they have all these injuries. So I'd say, oh, go do, try this and try this and then call me and stop over my house and I'll, and I'll help, I'll treat the affected areas. So they would and I was healing people and then I would have more people coming to me and I just dispense advice and I'm like this is where I need to be this is what I need to be doing um, my Kung Fu teachers were never like that my, mat, my Sifu didn't talk to me for an entire year I was at his house every day he didn't still sometimes won't speak to me for like two or three hours if I'm with him. He's just very quiet, but all my teachers have been that way. Right. So that's very disarming. Yes, it is. It's tough to deal with that. Do you feel like there's, there's like without language, there's still like, like your energies are communicating. Like there still is. I do now. (laughs) Right? I believe that now, but like 10 years ago, I just wanted him to listen to my problem. Right. Yeah, shit, yeah. Right. And they, they want. You, I mean, I mean, their goal really is they want you to. Just, they want. They're, they're giving you tools, and they want you to take those tools and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's and then not be a whiny bitch. You know, and suck it up. You know, like I tell my daughter, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. So I want to go back to one thing you said, just yeah. so we can clarify for people that are listening as well, because not everybody's going to know exactly the the lingo we're talking about. But you said you've learned how to move your chi throughout the bias. What do you mean by chi? I mean, what what does that mean exactly? How, okay. You... Well, ki or reiki, ki, mm-hmm. prana, and chi are three different words for saying the exact same thing the universal energy that resides in all of us. Right. And no, no, right now. So within our bodies, within our bones, is where the chi flows. The Chinese use meridian lines. The Indians use the Ayurvedic system. And the, you know, there's, I don't know how many chakras, but there's, you have seven main, but then you have yeah. the chakras in your hands, chakras yeah. in your feet and all over the place. So according to whatever tradition you're studying, you'll have more or less of the same. Right. Um, You can direct this energy where you need to when you've achieved a certain amount of stillness within yourself. And it requires a lot of patience and training because you have to be able to discern if it's physical or non-physical. And just because you have a like a muscle palpitating in your arm, doesn't mean you've sent your chi there to, you know. That's right. more of a nervous system right. type of thing. So, one of the, yeah, one of the significant things that I that I um, there's two one of the biggest things that I, that I was that I don't probably 
when I was practicing for a long time, they, I would notice a lot. And then this helps, I think, to be really clear on everything, too, is that I was able to get one hand cold and one hand hot. Really? And like be able to yeah, and be able to send send the uh, you know different and then switch them back and forth you know so being able to send that energy so that's just way really? of that's just a way of doing of sending energy in through the body and also you can do it in other other different ways as well. Well, you but can like I was thinking I was just talking to my lady about this the other day like you can blow on food or whatever in either in a cooling way or a heating way right like your soup's too hot. Interesting. You know, yeah, it, it makes it, sense, but I never thought about it, that. You know, like, yeah. Like, and, and actually how the breath comes out of your body can come out in a different way. Yeah. Based uh, on intent, right? Yeah. And it, what's amazing is, is that it's, this is so, this sound, this stuff always sounds really foo-foo and crazy and just like miracles and and stuff like that, but it's not. It's just breathing and right. just focusing on your breath and understanding you know what to do with it and how to be super focused and concentrated clear your mind and just it's it's yeah and it, it can happen pretty pretty um um immediate too you know it can you know, or it can take a lifetime yeah, yeah. yeah. you'll never achieve it right yeah you kind of get there for a second and then you you lose it you get it for like that oh, yeah. air and then you know but i think one of the, the things with that breath statement is like it's getting you to focus on something up internal right like right. you're just focusing on your internal breath rather than like oh what do I got to do later what's on my list like right. oh I got to get this done and it's like stopping that like external worry for a second and kind of let's go inside and just like be yeah um, and when you focus on your breath you can't you can't focus on anything else you know yeah. that's the you and also it creates yeah. space right yeah. like it creates less of this like you know, we're constantly need to be in the state of like, like entertains, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like just the fact of sitting still, like for thirty minutes before you got to go do something. Like, I ever see like at a, a doctor's office or something nowadays? Like, it's immediate phone. You know, yeah. click, click, click. Let me check everything. You know, like, yeah. What did they do before phones? I remember. <laughs> They read magazines. Yeah, read magazines. Yeah. We read books. I would bring books. I sit in the office. Well, I think it's down to what eight? It's eight seconds now. Are the average attention span of a of a human right now is that we're thinking we're down seconds? to eight? I think we're down to eight seconds. Yeah, we have a lot I think of work that's to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 that's that's a, that's the total amount of concentration. Well, it's 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 it's. I see it in the schools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our phones yeah. have become like dopamine heads. Like they're, it's almost every single time you look at it, like, you get that dopamine. It's almost head, yeah. like cocaine, right? Like we look for those little red blimps on our Instagram or our, our Facebook, and it's like, like once we see that, it's like a hit. Oh, someone commented, or someone liked, or something right. like that. And like, like it, it's really. I mean, I have turned my notifications off, and I have moved my like Facebook app and Instagram app to the last page. So when I open my phone and look at the time or my schedule, like. I don't see that because then I won't. Smart way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I deleted my page altogether. Nice. Did you? Yeah. I wish I could do that, but I can't for business. <laughs> well, I it, would probably start an, another one because uh -huh. I had been on a kind of hiatus for the last two years with businesses and all that other stuff, but um, I couldn't take it. It was too much. Yeah. It's aggressive, yeah. And people are crazy. People are nuts. Yeah. People. And I would run into people 
because I shut my page down and I would run into people and they're like, dude, we're not friends on Facebook anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, how old are we? Over, but <laughs> are we not 42 years old? I've known you for 20 years. <laughs> and we're arguing over Facebook. Right? It's, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I always find it strange that like, that I, even especially for the people that I don't see on a regular basis, I always find it strange that I kind of know what's going on. You don't and even have to ask. You don't have to ask. Them, right? So I like, like go see somebody. So if you go see somebody who you haven't, let's say, you haven't seen it for a couple of months, but you see them on Facebook, it's like it's almost like you don't have conversations you anymore you because you, don't, you know what's going on. You bring it's it like, up and they're like, "Oh yeah, I saw that already." Yeah, I, oh, know. I saw your kids at your graduation. Yeah, really. It's like. It's spooky. It is really, you know, I think that's, yeah, it's, that's kind of shitty. I would love to just 100% get rid of it, but, and I'm on it way too much more than I but need to be. I, I find it fascinating in some things too, because it's a perspective, right? Like, it's like anything in life. Like, if I'm going forth and I want to see the good things on Facebook, there's a lot of good things. There's I've a lot learned of sharing a lot, yeah. And like, you can, you can find people that are off to things, events that are going on. I mean, we know back in the day, like, to, to go to a show, right? Like you had to go to another show, get the flyer, and then like <laughs> or who you know. That's yeah. the only way you really knew. Now it's like, oh, shit! Someone's playing at the bug jar. Yeah, I could go down there, and I found that. So like, there's a lot of positive things to it. I just think it's our intent, the way we look at it, right? Because context is everything, and I find that like, like just like text messages are and emails are so impersonal. Like it's like who we are in that very moment. And, is the way we're gonna look at what we see. So if I'm feeling very bad about myself, then I see Steve posting his pictures with his family and his vacation, I'm like, that motherfucker, <laughs> like, he gets to go there. But rather than like, if I'm feeling good, I could be like, oh, Steve's on vacation. Like, yeah. Good for him. You know, and feel grateful and happy for you. Like, and it, it's really like going into the Facebook, because it's not going anywhere. Like, how do we look at it? Right. And how do we teach ourselves to look at it in a great way? That's a good, that's a good, I think, than, yeah, use it as a tool. Yeah. To, you know, if you feel for like yourself personally. For, exactly. Like, so if you like, if you feel that way or if you feel upset, then you can use it as, okay, why is this stupid Facebook post making me feel upset right now? Yeah. You know? And then dissect it. And then dissect it. And just sit on that for a minute, you know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to make Facebook spiritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're breaking new ground here. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think we just, I think we're on to something. <laughs> But you know, yeah. it's funny because it's like it's like with the election and, and like the Trump and Obama stuff. It was it's I like to, I'm not political at all, but I just like to observe and like I I just I see everybody that was bitching about Obama, not posting and then and then all, like it's like it's switched. Everybody's doing the exact same thing now. It's, it's just the other people are bitching about Trump. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like it's like how do you expect change and. Mm -hmm. Never I always look like there's this uh, Karis one video where he was talking after like it was right after Obama got elected and I, he did, he's such a fascinating guy I don't know if you guys have listened to much of what he talks about mm -hmm. but he was he's like we think like our presidents are going to do these things for us but it really comes down to how do we govern our homes how do we govern our kids and if everybody governed their homes and kids and families and friends the way a president should govern a nation, there would be no problems. Right. Or there'd be, it'd be less at least, you know, and it's, it's we, I think we fail to look at like in our lives that it's the tiny change yeah. that's consistent, that seems to like fuel the big 
Absolutely. It well, we just want to, like, you, you guys see with fitness, like, oh, I'm going on a diet, I'm hitting the gym seven days a week, it's January 1st, like, we go, and it's like an ultimate setup for disaster. Absolutely, every single time. You know, but if it's like, I'm just going to go to the gym once a week. You know, you got an overweight, like, person that's just, like, out of shape, and their diet's bad, like, just start start with one little change. Yep. Just go to the gym. No one wants to do that, though. It's all or nothing, you know. But that's how you have to approach your practice, and you only learn that after you've had time in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even with the Qigong that I teach, so I, when I teach Qigong, it's very rooted in martial arts. So right. I don't get into, I've learned some spiritual Qigong, um, but it's very rooted in that, so it's very practical. And with the body alignment, if your body is aligned correctly, the chi is gonna flow. Right. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. It's flowing. It's gonna flow. So what I try to do is just work with people's structure the most. Mm -hmm. And what people don't understand about Qigong and the, its link with martial arts is that that structure and alignment and bodily relaxation has to be held while you're in combat. Right. And that is what separates the wheat from the chaff. That is what separates a professional fighter from an amateur fighter. The pros, they're relaxed in there. Yeah. The amateurs are totally tense. And you can read, you can, you can yeah. read what they're yeah. thinking. Like in the common chaos. Right. And linking the two requires this mentality that you have to go beyond aggression. It's this whole paradox in martial arts. It's infected it all throughout the... Rochester's a small town, right? Mm -hmm. But there's like a hundred million schools. Right. A bunch of teachers. There's some really good practitioners. And there's some people that are teaching absolute nonsense. And then you have all, like a few of these guys that are around that are underneath these rocks that are absolute, phenomenal, high-level, enlightened practitioners. And those people, they're not fighting you. So how do you get beyond that mentality? How do I hit you without being aggressive or get my nose broken and not want to get up and break your nose? That relaxation only comes through the martial arts training. So how do you, through actual sparring and fighting, so how do you give that to people? How do you, how do you help a person who's just learning April Cades and the five basic stances of Shaolin and then learning to link those postures and doing that Qigong practice, how do you get them to be able to relax over that long period of time? That's the challenge. And they get a glimpse of it, and then they're like, I'm gonna come here every day. No, no, no. Just once a week. That's all you need. Yeah. 
because when they're at home and their wife didn't cook their fucking eggs right, uh, we love to swear. Yeah. Oh, okay. Swear so the wife didn't cook their fucking eggs right, huh. and they want to, you know, backhand them. Where, where's your practice? That's like the whole, you know, one of the whole philosophies behind yeah. Tai Chi, you know? It's yeah. relaxing. But how do you get there? I've only met very few people, very few people who actually can achieve that. I've had, I've met, uh, my very first Sifu I was talking about, I'm, I'm, he was definitely that, that person as well. And, uh, and I did Tai Chi for about a year and a half, um, Chu Chai Chi in, in the city, and the, the guy was like, in his 70s and I would do um, sticky hands with him and stuff and I never touched him once couldn't do it couldn't get couldn't get close to him amazing and the the uh, how hard his hands were just doing this you know this kind of stuff moving around just his arms against my arm felt powerful yeah like it was it was like I'm like you know we're not you know strong we're just Lose, but man, I could not touch him. One little push, knocked me back off my ass onto the floor. Right. One little push that he would do, it was like nothing for him, you know. So I, it's it's and it's amazing. And what I, one of the things that I mean, I I've, I grew up as a very shy, shut down, scared kid, you know, and I always wanted to do martial arts and didn't start doing it because of a lot, a lot of reasons, but part, mainly I think because of fear, you know. And didn't do it, started doing it until I was in my early 30s, now I'm 41. And so I started late in the game. Um, but that was one of the things that I learned, especially doing fighting, was was um, being able to relax. And you're basically, when you're fighting, you're, you're, there's a mirror. You're looking at yourself. I mean, this is, this, you're, you're, you're having to, you're, you're, yes, you have a so-called opponent, but you're really fighting against yourself, you know. And the biggest thing that happened for me was being able to take that, what I learned and put it into my life and be like, okay, if I'm like you were saying with the eggs or something, if I'm, if I'm feeling insecure about doing something like I do, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's all here. It's in my own head. So how do I take what I've learned and make it so I can be strong, you know, and do what I need to do and be myself, be confident in who I am in all my dealings in life as well. And it was amazing how it's just, Change my life doing that. Yeah, stuff, you know? and it takes a long time. It takes a very long. It doesn't. Time, you know? I mean, now we're talking about yeah. mind, right? right? So yeah. like, like it takes a long time, and w that's where yoga and martial arts kind of walk the same path. Yes, because you have to, as far as my understanding of moving yoga, is find that space in the asana yeah. and take myself there. And find a space between spaces to it, right? between the breath. I think one of the best things I ever heard was uh, it's not what type of yoga you're doing, right? It's, it's, it's what happens when you leave the yoga because that's when the yoga begins. It's when you leave your class, whatever class you're doing, your yoga starts then. You're practicing, you're going through these things and making different emotions and things arise within you and then you're doing that so you can go out into the world mm -hmm. when different emotions arise and like navigate those things. Um, it's been a big change in my life because I, I just was that aggressive guy. You know, like I, it makes me think a lot of like men in general. Like we get these, you know, man up, 
type shit. Yeah. Um, There's this, uh, I think it's, I want to say warrior, it's warrior something for men. It's like this camp. That you go to, who he talks. About. This guy is. I'd love to go do it at some at some point in time. But he talks about this. He says the exact same, exact same thing. How like um, we've we've been demasculized. We're like completely have been shut down in in being a man, being who you truly are, acting like a man is frowned upon somehow in our society. You know, I, I'm. I, it rings really true to me, but I'm also like I'd love to delve into this a little bit more because it's still kind of. What is Almost being a man, right? Right. So that's so that's what it's. So what is being a man? You know, and he he did a really good job of going through and explaining it. And um, I th- I thought that was really kind of cool because at first I'm like, what the fuck? What is he talking about? You know, I feel like I'm a man. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, I I, I think that I, I definitely have not allowed myself. And this is a lot of the martial arts stuff. And this is actually just in the last couple of years of me just going through a lot of shit and just, you know, again, looking in my own personal mirror and trying to figure things out. But for a long, for the majority of my life, I never allowed myself to be that aggressor that I needed to be, to be that person that had the opinion in a, in a legit way, not in a, a way of like, you're fucking wrong and I'm right and just shut the fuck up, which is where I would go sometimes. But in the, in the confidence way of saying, no, this is what I need to do. This is what's right for me. This is what's right for my family. You know, it was always like, well, you know, let's maybe let's kind of, you know, wishy-washy bullshit stuff. You know, and I, I feel like that is kind of like somehow we've gone that direction, you know, because I thought it was always just me. But then I realized it really is a lot of people and a lot of guys. And that's a big turnoff for the ladies, too. I mean, right. when a guy's like that, you know, so. It's, it's, you know, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? You know, what do you, how do you, how do you think it's happened? What do you think, are we getting progress on this? I mean, what are your, you know? No, I, I don't think, I don't think we're making real progress on it. It, it, it there's so many factors involved, um, that you could have four other podcasts on this yeah, subject. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for, right? yeah, exactly. But like, in our culture right now, I don't teach yoga, you know? I include some of it within my practice because I had to heal my back. I used it to heal my back. So I feel any person who's physically intelligent enough can kind of watch it and pick it up and then go to someone and get the subtle nuance. Yes. Without having to go to a class every day. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Would agree. Personal practice is huge. Whatever turned what turned me away from it was its feminization here in America. It's all women. In India, it's not that way. <laughs> when you look at history in India, women weren't even allowed to practice yoga. Here, it's all women. So you bring that male energy into what you guys are doing and helping to instill that. I mean, when you sit in warrior pose, you have to envelop that internally. What is that pose? And if you look at warrior pose, look into Shaolin, because Shaolin came from yoga. Yeah. The the muscle tendon change and marrow brainwashing brought over by Bodhidharma. Bodhidharma was a yogi. So he essentially brought yoga into China and they, China seized it, you know, they like, they made it Chinese over a couple of thousand years 
and it became Shaolin Kung Fu. So when you look at warrior pose, that's defensive straight stance with all you're doing is adjusting your feet. Well, how do you sit in that? You're not, you know, you're not just placidly sitting there feeling that tension in your thighs and relaxing the top muscles and your knees and making sure everything's aligned. You're sitting in that stance yeah. and using with, that power. With intention, yeah. yeah. With that intention. Yeah, it's huge. But it's a feeling, right? Like, I, I think like what I've noticed, just tr not only training people within yoga, but within fitness is you have so many different types of individuals and some individuals are like, like they're in warrior pose and they're pushing and pushing and sometimes there's a bit of surrender that needs to happen within it and then I find some that you know they're just too loosey-goosey right they're just like there and they need to engage a little bit so in this like in our lives it's the same way sometimes we need to surrender a bit take a step back but sometimes we need to engage into our life and I think the ultimate is just like recognizing what is it that I need you know and that could change daily I think it can but helping yeah. children, young boys, evolve into confident men. Yeah. Okay. Is not gonna happen unless you teach them that true self-confidence, that pure confidence, that you only get from practices like these. Right. And learn how to not, stand up for themselves too. Or yeah. just stand up. Right. I mean, yeah, you go. guys know, yeah, you yeah. can do, I can teach a class for two hours just on standing, <laughs> just standing there. Yeah. It's, a, so, it's, it's amazing, yeah. I mean, we just did it today, and I, I love, like, one thing I learned in yoga teacher training, and uh, kind of taking everything, Tadasana is, you know, mountain pose, it's, it's, that's the base of everything, right? Any pose you're in, it's your, how is your foundation, mm -hmm. and like, where is our foundation? And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're sideways or even a handstand, it's just Tadasana upside down, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it, I, I've found in my practice personally, like, like no matter how I'm getting cued by instructors, I always like, where's the Tadasana? Where's my Tadasana? Where's that calm mountain pose? I don't let myself get antsy or overworked and I just look for it. And I'm mm -hmm. searching it, searching for it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It is the same in martial arts. The root foundation of Chinese martial arts is your horse stance. Yep. Were you taught to fight from it? Yes. Oh, good. I Not many people are. No, I know. That's so why I'm saying I had a really good school. You we learn it, fight and then it. they're like, oh, don't fight from there. Yeah. Well, I fight from there. Whether I'm stepping into an MMA gym, or I'm going to a karate school, or I'm going to Taekwondo, I sit in my horse stance. I do too. And I found that place within my horse stance where I can move. Mm -hmm. So I, at first I try to be like my teacher. Well, I can't. My teacher fights on a horse stance. His ass is about 10 inches <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> and he leaps through the air. <laughs> like he achieves height from there. Um, so you have to find that place you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, how do we give young men that foundation without it being toxic? Yeah. Because you hear that word a lot, toxic masculinity and all these other things. I don't think that has anything to do with being a man. Absolutely, it does not. You know? I think that's just really fucked up individuals who've been abused right. 
and are abusing other people. And abused a lot by our society too. They, 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 our generations, they, right? Our gener- the gen- yeah. I mean, the, if you look at the, uh, what were we, X, X generation? What are we now the X generation? What, what's the generation? generation X guys. We are, but I'm saying what's the newest, what's the one that's up now? Millennials? The millennials, which are <laughs> which we which are like <laughs> the the the, uh, the jellies of the world, I feel like. They you know, are. They sit well, down and they have no spine. It's, see, it, they are and they're not. I mean it's yeah, I'm no I'm times. general I'm generalizing. And they're and, and I'd love okay. to hear the, their, their perspective too, but I just it's like They don't really have one. <laughs> Yeah, I really they're innovative. They don't. They're very they innovative. are. They are very innovative. Very brain. Happen. They do make shit happen. Exactly. You know, and very entitled. And sure. they want it now. Yeah, exactly. They've grown up in a egalitarian culture, so it took you know women's rights twenty years, seventies. You got eighties. They're still fighting. You have these young people. Like my partner is thirty years old. She is. Very strong woman, completely not a feminist. Loves cooking food for the family, loves doing things, puts in her time at work, doesn't come home and bitch. She does the laundry. I mean, she supports my endeavors. I support hers. It was what I was looking for in every other relationship I had before, but women my age are older. I don't want to have anything to do with them because they want everything done for them. And then they don't want to do shit either. I had enough. I met this person and it was everything I was looking for in a partner. And a lot of her friends, her age, feel the same way. Right. Because what are you still screaming about? You have all these rights. The only thing we don't have is a woman sitting in the White House. Which will happen. Will happen. Will happen. But they're running the world. They absolutely they run the world. world. They're absolutely. running the world. They do. Right? <laughs> They're running the world, and every school program is based on go, girl, go, girl, go. They're putting girls in science and mathematics, but what about the boys? What about the young men? And I mean, that's the controversial thing, too. And I agree with you. I think that's a controversial thing because men are, as we see, in, even on. You know, it's changing over time. But if you look on the the big uh, on uh, big companies and stuff like that, all those guys, all the big CEOs, the president, the people that are in the White House, and the, uh, most of them are all all all, all men. Women. All they're all men for the all most women, part. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all men. You know, so I think within the workplace, or within the workplace and stuff like that, and they roles. still get. I mean, my 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 wife is a professional. She's a project manager, and she still gets treated differently because she's a woman over a man for sure. But I think. She's in a tough industry. She's in mean, yeah. construction too. Yeah, she's she she's uh so so she's well she's project manager in an office okay. like uh, like for uh, IT. Oh, okay. so it's different. Um, so, but there is but I think I I think somehow the backlash of all that stuff of the of of women being more prominent in the workplace, which I'm. I think is awesome. I think it's great. I think there should be equality and everything, but it's kind of dumbed down the guys. It's kind of made us. It's like the, all the guys that are all the kids that are all the boys that are growing up now are being pussified, so to speak. You know, yeah. because of it. Because of, and there has to be some sort of balance. Like men are men. They're different than women. Period. You know, and men for the most part are physically stronger than women. Period. Yeah. For the most part, you know, right? So that's just a that that's a that's a fact. And there's 
there's there's no ways around that but it doesn't it doesn't mean that men are any better than women or women are any better than men period it just means that we have different strengths different weaknesses and how do we support that you know how does society support that which i don't think that they do they try to make um you know i feel like there's a there's a lot of pressure to to there is a lot of pressure to 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 dumb down who we are, to not be who we are as men and even as, as individuals, for, for, for women as individuals or whatever, and just go and, and um, go to work, do your job, put your head down, and do it again, and do it again, raise your family, and shut the fuck up, yeah. and be done with it, you know, and that's it, and, and uh, it's time to change that, you know, which I think there's, there's some changes happening over time, slowly. Um, because we do have a lot more prominence of meditation and yoga is obviously huge and, and we have a lot more fitness and stuff going on. So at least there, I think that, that slowly is changing. You know, I, I have my own you know, Pilates boot camp class and talking about just having women. It's all women for the most part, you know. And Pilates is freaking hard as hell to do, yeah. you know. Um, but guys just shy away from it. Guys just shy away from class and from the class in general. And honestly, Pilates has been pussified. It's like it's a it's like what I call sleepy time Pilates. So, you know, you go into most of these Pilates classes, and yes, it's all women, but they're sitting there, they're on these machines, they're doing this shit with their arm, with their legs and with their arms, they're doing a little bit of abs, and they're chatting about how their kids are and all this kind of stuff. What are you like, here for? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm like, I understand it. I've done this for a long time, so I understand you are a therapist sometimes as well. But at the same time, when I created what I created, I'm just like, we're not coming here fucking having a conversation. You're, you're here to work. I'm going to show you what Pilates is meant to feel like and what working out is meant to feel like. And I'm going on a tangent now because this is what I do. But this is, this is, this is fundamental. Yeah, I talk about like, this in my fitness classes yeah, too. Like, like, I've taught it to like, I would say like, you know, I teach my normal job where I, f I feel like people are there to work out. They're, they right. come in with an intent, but then right. sometimes I, I've taught at like club type places and it's it's almost just about like checking in. They check in on Facebook, they want to sweat a little bit, but they don't want to be pushed too hard. And it's like, you know, for me, like I've had to quit those jobs because it's just like, I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything other than just like fulfilling an ego. You are. That's you know, what you're doing. You know, and you're not taking, and you're not getting paid for that. Yeah. When you're in a giant club, you're getting your hourly rate or whatever you've negotiated, and the club is taking their money. Right. And the whole fitness industry in this country is built around that. Right. They all know that, and they don't care. Right. It's going to take their money. That's what separates a neon open, you know, martial arts school. Right. McDojo's. You know, a McDojo from real training. Right. What are we here for? Are we here to train? Because I don't care about spilled milk. You know, you're having problems at home, we'll talk about it afterwards or something. But we're here now to work. Yeah. It's, imagine imagine if like um um people people got, you know, a word got out of if just let's just imagine if like some crazy mom or even dad for that matter doesn't have to be a mom you know found one of these these uh um dojo or not dojos but like kung fu schools or temples or something like that and saw what really went on like the the amount of backlash oh you'd be sued. It, it'd be like insane so it's like you have to actually hide the real shit to get it done what's going to actually work best for you and what's actually going to turn you into the to man you're supposed to be or the woman that you're supposed to be because because of fear, basically. 
mm-hmm. and fear, you know, and it's it's insane. Well, it's a vulnerability, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's to go, to, like, into anything. Like, for me, like, indulging in yoga first, when I first started out, you know, being the only man there and just saying, all right, I'll just do it. Like, it's completely freaking vulnerable. Like, it is. One, I was stiff. I was hurt. I didn't feel good. And you have to work that stuff out. And it, like, all of a sudden, you're like, why do I feel like I need to cry? And I'm doing yoga and I'm around nothing but chicks. And, like, you start to question Should your I own. Cry? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. You know, is it okay to cry? I've had those moments. But then, uh-huh. it, like, you cry. I mean, yeah. whatever it took, I kept on going, right? And, like, yeah. and I just let it out. And, like, seeing what that vulnerability and going into that and just allowing to happen what happened, it, it, you align. You start to align, and it starts to align with you in so many ways in your relationships in life. And it even shows you in your life, like we were talking about relationships that all of a sudden you're like, wait, this relationship I have right here, it does not align with me. This does not serve me. And like, this is something I need to get rid of. Right. Whether it's a friendship, you know, you have those friends that like, you know, you meet them at the bar and they just unload on you and you, you don't feel full when you leave and you feel like, oh God, I just took everything on. You yeah, know, I've had to get like, rid of some friends yeah, because of that. You have to eliminate that shit in your life space. because yeah. you know, like I still try to be there for people, but like I'm not sawing you out. No, you know, even um, family members have had to do that. Family one. members, I've, that was the hardest. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I've only got one life, you know. And yet, just because you're my family does not mean that you're my friend. Does not yeah. mean that you're somebody that needs to be in my life. Or we're aligned. Yes, yeah. or we're aligned. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a harsh thing, but it's the truth, and you change. You know, and, you, and then my life is way better because of it, you know? And I think once you surrender to that fact of like, okay, I've, I'm, I'm eliminating these things in my life that don't serve me. Like, and I think you have to, you know, I, I tell everybody, like, I've done things wrong so much that I just, like, there's, what else do I have to do is do it right. Like, it's, <laughs> right. I've just failed and fucked up so many things, so many different ways. Like, it's just that insanity thing. Like, am I going to be insane and keep on, like, Am I going to keep on cheating or am I going to keep on binge drinking and expecting my life to blossom in some way? Right. You know, but like I've done that. So I've cheated and binge drinked. Like I know what that gets me. Like, yeah. okay, let me try it this way. Right. Let me like go about it in, a, in an alignment type way. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting. Too yeah, I know. Right. I just, it's like, it's one of those conversations. So that's, that's right. That's, yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good. You exercise. do that when you when when you have to. So I did that at the age of 22. So I figured out that uh, drinking, doing drugs, selling drugs, all this stuff was not working in my life. My mm-hmm. friends were destroying one another, literally like shooting each other, and Jeez. I mean it was like absolute craziness. And um, the neighborhood I came from, I grew up in the 19th Ward here in Rochester, and um, I grew up hard. So, so masculinity, right? Like, well, I don't know if that was in masculinity. I think that that was more like just you had you had to survive to get to the store to get a fucking soda. You know what I'm saying? Or you get shot on the way to the store or robbed or robbed or mugged or crazy. you know whatever and I also grew up with around, I had three sisters growing up mm-hmm. so I just got to this point at a very early age where I had to 
It was, if I don't stop, I'm gonna die. And that's what I was. Was it something specific? I yeah. I um, I'm always a woman. I met a I met a I met a girl, and she was sober. And like when I went over to her house, it was quiet and peaceful, and she was super fine. And it, like I could rest, you know, and, and eat cheese and crackers and watch movies and kind of just relax. Right. And I wasn't cutting shit up and moving and worrying about people beating me up or like who's this and who's that. It was no chaos from the bar scene or whatever. Yeah. And it was just quiet. And I had decided internally that I wanted that. And I totaled the car. I almost killed me and my friend and um, crashed another car two weeks later. I used to, I don't know if you know any of my old friends, but like Tony, Chaos, and all yeah, that yeah. guys. So I was rolling with all them dudes and everyone's out of their minds. And I wanted that peace that, this, that my girlfriend had. So I just did it. I made that decision and I've, I've never looked back. That's awesome. And it was because of martial, martial arts kept me on that path. Yeah. That was when I found my Kung Fu teacher. Because up until then, I just... So you had, don't drink, you don't do anything? No. No. And uh, up until then, I just had, uh, you know, some two-bit karate, a shitload of street fighting. I went, I had states, qualified states, wrestling and stuff like that. And I uh, just fought a lot. And I was just on a path of total self-destruction. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able to do that that young too. You know, that's 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 kudos to you, man. That's well, Paulie, my I love this story. The, when I think of my first memory of you, because we've known each other a while, um, I was young. I was in high school, and it was after a show where a chair hit your sister. Oh yeah. And you came to the, the village gate with your shirt off, aggressive, and I was. I remember just seeing, you were covered in tattoos, and I didn't have any tattoos at the time, but I remember how, I was like, wow. I, at that point, I was like, holy shit. Like, I was just blown away by your aggression and energy that came from you at that moment. And like, you ended up leaving, and I was just like, who is that? You know, but. I found him yeah. three weeks later. <laughs> dealt with that situation. But, yeah. you know, ever since then, like, like you know, at the tattoo shop, it, like, a lot of times when I get tattooed by Jet, you were there and we would have these conversations and like this idea of who I thought you were based off that first experience. And then like after talking to you, the numerous times we happen to run into each other and we always end up in these stimulating conversations. Like it's funny how like these first impressions can like almost try to dictate who someone is to you. Right, right, yeah. But then later on the road, like they prove you in a different way. Again, I'm not going anywhere, but I just always, I always think of that situation, that day at Village Gate, like, late at night, and there's a bunch of people around, and then you showing up, and how dare you sell it? And I was like, man, I need to get tattoos. She got hurt real bad. Yeah. My sister, she got, I think it was nine stitches across the back of her head. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, she was put in the hospital that night. It's just stupid. Why, why, why would you do that at a show? You're throwing chairs. Yeah. Throwing chairs in a crowd? Yeah. Are you an idiot? He needed to be smacked around. <laughs> but, um, if it wasn't for, I, if it wasn't for my back injury, I wouldn't be sitting here. I would still be like this. I was aggressive like that for a long time. 
And I would still be that Piper's aggressive dude looking to beat the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I've had teachers kind of like reining me in, almost got kicked out of my school. My teacher thought it would be a bad idea to kick me out because I went and found that dude and I beat the shit out of that guy. And I got into a lot of trouble for that. And he decided that it would be better to keep me in the school rather than send me out without being without being like a poetic, but like a poison dragon, you know? Right. Like I have all this training behind me and no teacher and nobody to kind of buffer or mentor me and doing stupid stuff. Cause there's like uh, that guy, Steve Lee Swift. This is, we were kids when this dude was practicing Kung Fu in Rochester. He would just go around, he was beating up cops. He was closing down clubs. I mean, he had videotape series. He was a famous martial artist out of Rochester. He's a complete asshole. So, um, Well, I kind of look at like the heart is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, that whole entire time, I was looking for what made. How can I get away from this? Because I was sober, but I was still angry as fuck, and I, you know, like nothing was going right because I had a completely illegal lifestyle before I was sober. So now I actually had a job, and I was like, I'm getting this much money a fucking week, like. I just spent 50 hours in this place and I'm making 385 bucks. So I was going through that whole thing and um, looking to where do I go from here? How do I get to that higher place that my mother taught me about growing up? My mother was deeply spiritual, a Catholic woman, but um, she was deeply spiritual. And how do I get there? And I always thought I was here. So I looked into Zen and I found Tibetan Buddhism. And I'm kind of a fan of Tibetan Buddhism, but I'm not a practitioner. And then I met Craig, my meditation teacher, and found Kriya Yoga. And uh, my guru is Paramahansa Yogananda. And it was in therapy with this guy, because he's also a therapist. He told me one day, he said, your path isn't the mind. Your path is your heart. Amen. The heart is the way. Right? So it breaks me open. I go home and I fucking cry. You know? I cry. And uh, I go back there. And I was married at the time and figuring that this was going to, like, open my marriage up and everything's going to be fucking awesome. and, And I can't believe this. I felt, you know, this building inside of me, like the Satori, you know, like... This is gonna be it, and it totally broke my whole life down and like remade me, right? So, although I went way far, it also, in that whole process, materially speaking, on this world, I went all the way back to zero. Now I'm back at starting point, but like, <laughs> that was it. And, and I didn't, like, I, didn't really study yoga, so I started getting into studying the eight limbs and learned that, they, oh, it's more than just asana work. It's more than um, Ayurveda. There's all these different components. And um, how 
do you teach young men to have that heart and still feel like they're mass like they're men right so that's a good good question without being hit over the head by you know feminists you know like you you have to behave this way you have to do this you you can't you can legislate all this change you want but like you know Americans are notoriously impatient and you know the police are still killing black people every day you know 70 years after the civil rights movement or however long it's been so it does take time to change the culture but when you look at the history of what we do how many years does a does a Buddhism flow through China into Korea, down into Vietnam and Laos and into Japan? And, um, how many faces has the Buddha had all along the way? Yeah. And you know, it's slowly evolving right it's, now. It is. It's amazing. It is, and it's it's it's, it's continuing to. Like, so yeah, Shivananda. It's gonna. I don't know. It's gonna be this made This at some point, the East and the West will finally unite. And that's one of the things that Kriya Yoga teaches, that unification of the East and the West, and which is what drew me to it, another thing that drew me to it. We need time here. You know, Yogananda was here in the 20s, Shivananda was here just before him and left, and so you're, it's now 2015, so 80-some-odd years later, now yoga's in schools, I'm teaching Qigong in schools in the, in the city school district. We have a yoga program. We want to implement it as curriculum. So we're getting it's all this happening. data. Everything is happening. My daughter does it at Doodlebugs, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like, everywhere. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. One of the things on your point that I think about as far as like how do we how do we instill men in being men? And I think it also comes down to, you know, people just being who they are. And that is, you know, I've got two young kids. And one of the things that my wife and I have talked about a lot and that we're, we're, we feel really strong is about is quit teaching people what to fucking learn. Teach them how to learn. How to live. How to live. You know, that is, that is the foundation of it. Because if you're just taught, okay, obviously there's certain things we need to learn. We want to learn how to, we want to learn how to read and we need to learn how to write. We need to learn the basics in life to get by. I understand that. That's very, very important. But if we're told this is what you need to do here, this is what you need to say here, this is how you should feel, this is how you shouldn't feel, and and all this stuff, and just this, and, and just say, that's the path, this is what you need to do, just keep doing this. We don't live that way. We're fucking human beings with a soul, with a higher consciousness, you know? The, everybody, <laughs> everything is different, you know? And if, if I see something one way, you see something a different way, I'm not wrong, you're not wrong, it just is what it is. And that's, and if we install that in the, our young boys and stuff. I think that's going to be huge because that builds confidence in who they am. They know, you know. I I can't tell you. Like I would be af- I would be afraid to tell my opinion or say, well, you know, somebody might say, you know, that pipe over there looks it's it's a dull gray, right? And I would be like, well, you know, I would be afraid to say, you know, I actually think it might be a little bit more shiny. I actually be afraid to say that because, yeah. So you think it's crying exactly. So, but it, it depends on the angle. Like over there, it's dull. 
right? Over here where I'm looking at shiny, you know, so it's all that kind of, so it's in installing and, and listening to our kids, listening to them and listening to their ideas and their opinions because they're valid. But the key you know? word right there is listen. Like, I mean, I think listening in itself has become a lost art. Like, yeah. like people, people don't even listen to people fully before they start ready to say what they're going to say. Right. They're like they building they in their head. They soak yeah. in. I love that idea of attention, intentional listening and like, right. you know, I'm going to listen to you fully, let it sit for a second and then respond rather than like this reactiveness that constantly happens. And that's where like, you know, aggressive aggression comes from. It's like we get so fucking reactive. Like the next thing you know, we dug ourselves in a hole because we haven't even thought about our actions or words. Right. We're just, we're just reacting exactly. You know? And that's like, it goes back to that part of context, right? Through like text messages and emails, like who you are in that moment when you get that text. Yeah. Like it could be taken so many ways or I'm looking at Facebook and like, oh, look at them posting that. Like, it's like, I think there's some kind of Osu quote that's like, you are, you see the world as you are. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah absolutely. You know? and like, absolutely. I mean, just awareness and knowing that, right? Like, okay, what is my state today? Like for me, it's like, okay, I know what good Rodney is. I know like, okay, I gotta get up and I gotta like, you know, spend some time reading, write some stuff down in my journal, like mm -hmm. look at some stuff in my life that I'm grateful for before I can even go out in the world. I have to do that. And if I, yeah. the days I don't do that are the days that I like, I, they're just not as good. And, and I try to repeat that process every day and that practice because I find it helps me interact with humans better. So. Definitely. I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. You know, having a practice like that is so important. You know, how long have you had to sit in horse stance for? A long time. We were supposed to do it for an hour. I only got up to half an hour. I couldn't get beyond yeah, that. I'm upset about that. <laughs> I couldn't do it now. I can do about 10. I, I've been getting back into it again. I do. It for, I can do about 10 minutes now. But, man, it's like. Even 10 minutes. It's tough. That'll, but, kill, that'll kill you out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and um, for anybody who's, a lot of people are listening to my classes, so I incorporate horse stance into a lot of the workouts. So if you're doing a bicep curl, you sit in horse stance to do oh, it. Yeah. Things like that. You know, so I've incorporated awesome. in there because you're grounding, you're working the whole body, yeah. you're working your tendons, and you're, and so, so it's, it's, because it's changed my, I mean, horse stance literally changed my life because I was so, crazy all the time I could never sit still so traditional meditation sitting still didn't work for me in the, in originally and I, and I found that horse dance worked great because it was hard as fuck to do but I was actually and I, even though I was just sitting in a stance I felt like my legs were sore as hell when I was done the next day you know I felt like I was actually working something so yeah. it was really it was my first delve into meditation before I started getting into the more you know seated and relaxed meditation and stuff like that but it's such a it's what awesome you need. Thing. Yeah. It's all you need. It's, it's actually like there was a guy at MCC that was teaching relaxation. All he taught was horse dance. Yeah. The whole semester. Nice. That's what awesome. you learned. So by the end of the semester, you can sit in the stance for five minutes. Yeah. And it was. It's just a practice, right? You just have to practice doing yeah. it. Yep. It's it. And eventually, eventually, it becomes freaking easy and relaxing and fun. Like I look forward to it. You know, you get to that point where you're just. You literally can zone out and 20 minutes has gone by and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe 20 minutes went by. I got to that point. I want to get back there again. But I got to that point where that was, and I, I it just enlivened you. It's just, it's just We're amazing. Doing, you know? uh, all your forms, like one of my forms, um, 
power fist or breaking holds fist, um, that's all done in horse stance. Yeah. That whole set. Yeah. It's the long set. Yeah. <clears throat> it's up and down and in and out, but it's all done in and out of horse stance, and it's a killer. Yeah. Do you find that, like, people, because, like, I think one thing I encounter a lot within just fitness and movement in general is people live these lives of sitting so much that like their body just can't do something. Okay. So we have to face that reality as practitioners and when you're teaching that certain people aren't going to get certain things. It's just not going to happen. If you expect to fly through the air like a Shaolin monk from, you know, 1200 BC, you better start training when you're three years old. Yeah, right. Every day for eight hours a day. Right. Your entire life, and then maybe you'll achieve it. Um, so, you know, yeah. you have to, it's like placing your expectations where they need to be and meeting people where they are. Right. It's okay to set that bar because as a instructor, sifu, or guru, you have to drive people beyond themselves. But in our country, with certain physical practices, people just cannot. They're, the adaptation of their body is just can't. They won't do it. It's all minds, really. Yeah, it's, I think it's, 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 I always think it's more mind than anything else. Obviously there's some limitations with the body, but there's the mind is the first limiter, right? And I, what I find is, is people just don't want to be uncomfortable. I'm like, be uncomfortable, you know? Fucking sweat a little bit. Move a little bit. Yes, it's going to hurt a little bit. Suck it up. It's and just do it. To. It's supposed to, you know? And what I always remind people is, is and when I'm talking about people in, my, the people in general, it's obviously not this direct all the time, unless I get to know them and, they, and, they, and, they, and I feel like it's, it's needed, but um, is, I'm losing my train of thought, it is... Um, when you're when your workout or what you're doing, your meditation practice or whatever it is, delves into things that are very difficult for you to do, or it's a very hard workout where you can barely lift your leg by the time you're done, something like that. That makes everything in life a hell of a lot easier, more manageable, and gives you a different perspective. I think that's where the growth comes from. It's, yeah. It's once it's, we can we can absorb that and do what we need to do within these physical strifes. Yeah. Like the real growth comes right past that. Exactly. You know, but it's like. The scariness of that uncomfortability, right. whatever if it's holding horse stance or if it's a sprint workout or whatever it is, like when we can calm the mind down, we can calm the nervous system down. Exactly. And then everything else will follow. I feel. And Absolutely. You dive forward into it. For people at our levels, that's where you will only grow. So when I training with my teacher are you tired yet I'm exhausted okay let's go yep. and he turns it up but you have to be careful because you get to that point especially within martial arts where you get hurt that's where you get hurt that's right. where your nose gets broken or your shoulder gets separated like I, my knee got blown out one night because I was sparring hard and I was tired and he slipped in and for a throw, he slipped his ankle hold in along and it separated my knee as I was going over the top. And my teacher put it back in and I had to finish my round. 
but then I was done for the rest of the night because I couldn't, I was too tired. So you're not thinking, you're not aware. And you need that, but you can't push beginners like that. No, absolutely they quit. not. Yeah, you have to, you have to. I always <laughs> Everybody t- quits. I always said, t- what I tell people is this. Because what we talked about in the very beginning, we were talking about how people want to just, they're like, I'm going to lose all this fucking weight, so I'm going to do like this crazy keto diet or something like that. Yeah. I'm just going to go doing it. Well, as we all know, that might work for you for a couple months, but then you're going to just get fat again because you didn't learn how to do things properly. You just, it's not sustainable, you know? And I think it's the same thing I always tell people, especially with new people that come in. It's like, you need to be uncomfortable, but I want you to think about it this way. Be uncomfortably, be comfortably uncomfortable. So, you know, feet still feel slightly safe, but it's uncomfortable for you. And then next time, go a little bit more. If you did 10 burpees this time around, you're going to do 11 next time around. Those kinds of things, you know, just thinking about it that way. So it's always going to be baby steps towards your goal. Because, yeah. again, I'm dealing with mostly adults in their 40s and 50s. You know, we're not going to, like you said, going to be, they're not They're not trying to levitate and fly, you know, walk on water or something like that. So we're taking babysits. We're not working out. I used to work out six hours a day back when I had my studio in New York because I had the time to do it. And that's where I was able to do the Kung Fu Qigong and all the stuff that I did. But, it, you know, so when I was able to do that, the amount of strides I make was huge. But that's not what... We, nobody that nobody has time to do that, you know. And that's not what most people just want in general yeah. to be healthy. And well, so be you'll happy, get maybe you one know? through the door. Right, exactly. That'll make that time. Yeah. Which um, why I'm renovating my garage. That's awesome. So I do it exactly. I'm following my teacher's footsteps. So he built our school off his garage, and I got a two car garage, and I'm building my space at my house I don't ever have to worry about paying rent I don't have to worry about a lease I don't have to worry about keeping people coming through the door I got all the the skills to do it so I can run all the electric and put the floor in and put up the drywall and do it I'm doing it all so that's cool you know that we also have to face that reality sometimes. Yeah. Teaching these things. It's authentic. Absolutely. It's really authentic. And it takes, like, I mean, a lot of, I think, Steve and I have talked about this a lot. Our struggles is with, like, we want to help people, but we're in a business, too. And, yeah, you have like, to taking money. that aspect out, like, I'm just helping. I'm here. Um, the way I see it is, it's just, you know, I, f- I feel like, it, especially right now, it's just getting people to move is the most important thing. So if I'm getting people to move, I'm doing like my job, you know, like at least probably 80% of my job. And then from there, you you start to get the people, the few people that want to get out deeper, that want to get, understand a little You'll bit more. Yeah. yeah. That want to get more into the exercise or more into nutrition or really get into some of the herbs or, or, you know, all that kind of stuff and just kind of really start to fine tune things. Seekers. And those are, the people, those are the people that, you know, those are the people that I, those are the, they're all awesome. They were but those, those, yeah, they were, yeah. Those yeah. are the people that are like yeah. me, that are like us, like you guys, you know, and all that stuff. They have that built in though into like Chinese martial arts. Yes, they do. So yeah. you know, they call it buy, to buy seat. So when you want to buy seat under a teacher, you give them like ten grand, you know, and then they teach you. Mm-hmm. But then they also live at your house. Yeah, like you support the teacher, and that. That I, I'm pretty sure that they support the teachers 
culturally in India too, but that translation, yeah, that is not made the translation here yeah. in America. Um, most of my friends that belong to big Kung Fu associations and have these huge open schools, either downstate or in other states, they have their core group of individuals that have buy seat under them and then they have 200 people that they just train. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so go ahead, we probably- I was, I was gonna say, so like we like to end this yeah. uh, We're on the same page here. <laughs> um, if you could give advice, say you have a, you know, a young man, 13, 14 years old, and he's not feeling awesome about himself, and you could give him the recipe in, in, in a chain of, of actions to do, what would you say? That's a good question. That's a hard question to answer. Because at that age, everything is so confusing. You have to figure out what you want. And you have to put it down on paper. Absolutely. You know? Love it. It took me a long time, and I'm horrible with it even now today. But once I get things down on paper, I can see it. You have to pick a direction that you want to take your life in, and you have to pursue it with every single ounce of your being, no matter what gets in your way. Absolutely. Never stop moving forward. So for the longest time in my teenage years, I always wanted to learn Shaolin. I thought it never exi it didn't exist anymore. I never heard of any of anybody here either, yada, yada, yada. Little did I know that at that age, my Sifu now was training at a school right up around the corner from my house. And he just moved up here from New York City. And I met him years later. And I've never stopped. I don't stop. Even if you don't believe in yourself, you have to put your faith and belief in something. And that will bring you to a faith and belief in yourself that no one else can give you. That's awesome. I love Very it. Very well said, man. Thank um, you. Yeah. What 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 is uh, what do you do? How do you how do you get yourself going in the morning? Do you have any routines that that really gets you pumped and ready to ready to ready to go in the morning? I meditate. Meditate. That's I meditate and I pray. Nice. Cool. And uh, lastly, uh, for everybody out there, how can people reach you? Get get um, lessons from you if they want to. Where 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 are you found? Where where can they get you? Um, you? <laughs> I'll just give my phone number. Okay. It's uh, five eight five three five zero five four seven seven. Okay. What's your cool. Instagram uh, handle? The horse and the feather. You're always posting cool stuff. I love it. Oh, thank you. The horse That's and the feather. Nice. Yeah, the horse and the feathers. Named after a series of paintings I've been doing for like the last five years. Awesome, guys. Cool. Nice. Follow. All right. All right. Yes. Thanks, Polly. Thanks a lot. And Thank you. Uh, you guys at home, don't forget, uh, please comment on uh, iTunes there and leave us your questions, concerns, comments, share, share, share away our podcast and we're going to keep continuous, continuing this. Thank you.